Okay, three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Friday, September 21st, and uh, I'll be honest, I'm exhausted. It has been such a long week. Um, I don't like college. I've had technical difficulties. And, um, you know, I, your school takes up so much of my time. I, I really want to do this full time. So someday maybe, but right now we're not there yet. Just keep sharing. Help me grow. Um, I'm going to talk about later the two most interesting games of the weekend. But first, I think the most important topic of the day, the obvious um, topic of the day is Baker Mayfield. And so I, I just want to say last night made me so happy. Last night made me so filled with joy. I was having a tough week. And, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield was put into the game right before halftime. And Baker Mayfield led the Cleveland Browns to a come-from-behind victory over the New York Jets. He gave the Browns their first win in 635 days. I, I can't contain myself. I'm, I'm happy about this, man. I've got some analysis, some observations. But first, I want to say, many people who do sports radio, many people who do podcasts, they often say this. They say that they're just journalists. They're objective. I'm not. I'm not objective. I don't try to be. I don't pretend to be. I'm not a journalist. This show is called Strong Opinion Sports. I don't pretend. I'm authentic. I'm a fan of sports. Um, and now, get that being that that being said, I do try to present, you know, my perspective with reasons. I try to be honest and fair. I try to present both sides of a perspective and then tell you which one I choose. But again, I'm a sports fan, and because I'm a sports fan, last night was just a blast. As a fan of football, watching Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick, lead the Cleveland Browns to a come-from-behind victory, it's incredible. It's incredible. I'm going to get a ton of flack for saying that probably, but I'm just being honest. I am a sports fan. I, was, I mean, that's the Browns' first win in 635 days. How can you not enjoy that? And what's even cooler is their number one overall pick at quarterback, Baker Mayfield, comes into the game and led them to a come-from-behind victory. That sounds like a Hollywood movie. It was awesome. I loved it. I love podcasting. I enjoy the process. I like writing. I like preparing. I like editing video. All the, the whole process of doing a podcast and YouTube channel, I love it. But I could have chosen to do a podcast about video games or movies or comedy. Last night is why I chose sports. Last night, that moment, Cleveland, that was awesome. That is why I love sports right there. Dilly dilly. Like, <laughs> I, it was great, man. I can't, I can't express that enough. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know if Baker Mayfield is the answer to the Cleveland Browns, but I know this. I hope Baker Mayfield is the franchise quarterback of the future for the Cleveland Browns. I hope with my entire heart that Baker Mayfield turns around the Cleveland Browns. My entire life, the Browns have been bad. How cool would it be to watch the little engine that could Baker Mayfield turn them into a winning franchise? It's a long shot. I know that. But last night was a glimpse at hope. And if you're in Cleveland, if you're a Browns fan, it was unbelievable. It was amazing. Fun to watch. And I am... Nothing but hopeful and excited today uh, for the Cleveland Browns. I'm not a Browns fan. I'm not really a fan of any team in particular. I just root for good stories. Baker Mayfield, that is a fantastic story. Talk about a guy who has overcome tremendous, tremendous adversity. I am just a fan of Baker Mayfield. Like, I don't, I don't yell and cheer at games. I don't sing at concerts. It makes me uncomfortable. And yet last night I was yelling at my TV by myself, alone in my room. I felt weird about it. I was like, yeah, I just... I lost it. I was so happy. I was overjoyed last night watching Baker Mayfield lead the Cleveland Browns to victory. It was just fantastic. 
Now, here's the story of the game to me. Baker Mayfield was ready. Baker Mayfield was prepared. I've seen so many times in my life, someone gets an opportunity and they're not ready for it. They're not prepared. You know, you'll see a guy in a business meeting. He's asked to say a few words. He doesn't have anything ready to go. And he totally blows it, misses his opportunity. Once upon a time, I was working on a shoot, uh, a shoot in LA. And uh, this guy named Spencer had been hanging out with us for a long time. And he'd been taking notes intensely. He'd been paying really, really close attention, taking notes, always asking the right questions, doing all kinds of work. And so one day when a cameraman had to cancel and didn't show up, we knew Spencer was ready. We gave Spencer his opportunity. To this day, he's still a cameraman. That was the beginning of his career because he was prepared for the moment. That is exactly what happened last night with Baker Mayfield. When the moment comes, are you ready? That's so important. My advice to you, if you have any goals, you have any dreams, if you're ever in a situation where you need need to be prepared, be ready. I'll tell you what, you know, if I ever got a shot doing a radio show live on the air, I would be ready. I'd be prepared for that moment. And I hope if you ever get your moment, you're prepared like Baker Mayfield was last night. The fact that Baker Mayfield was not only ready, but he was impressive. Baker Mayfield was so good last night. Baker Mayfield was 17 for 23 passing, had 201 yards, and it's noteworthy. Baker Mayfield had three drops. Baker Mayfield should have been 20 for 23, and that's amazing. I was texting a buddy of mine who does you know, local radio in this town. And, uh, you know, he was asking me some questions. He knew I played quarterback in college for a year. Um, he always asked me for little insights on football. Here's what I told him. I said that Baker Mayfield's success against the Jets was not a fluke. Because it wasn't. It, it's not at all. I mean, yes, Baker Mayfield's accuracy was impressive. His arm strength was impressive. But the biggest deal last night for Baker Mayfield on the Browns was his decision-making. He repeatedly did the right thing with the football over and over and over again. Yes, usually he threw to his first read, but that's because he didn't have to go anywhere else. But when Baker was forced to come off his first read and go to his second, third, even fourth read, he did, and he was successful and accurate and did a good job. But what's even more amazing is that Baker Mayfield, basically every single snap he was in the game, he did the right thing. Zero bad decisions. That's unheard of. Even for Tom Brady, let alone a rookie quarterback in his NFL debut. <laughs> I mean, no joke, Baker Mayfield was unbelievable last night. And it wasn't the big throws, it was the small things, the little things, the attention to detail. Fantastic. You know, Tyrod Taylor, the Browns starting quarterback, was struggling last night. Apparently got an injury. Uh, well, I don't know. But what I do know is that Baker Mayfield came in and did a great job and did a better job than Tyrod Taylor. And here's why. Tyrod Taylor was scrambling around trying to avoid the Jets' pass rush. He kept trying to run. He kept holding on to the football, and it wasn't working. Tyrod Taylor was not working. And I was nervous when the Browns were going to put in Baker Mayfield. I said at the beginning, I texted my dad in the first half, that Tyrod Taylor's running for his life. And Tyrod Taylor has no chance. He keeps getting hit over and over and over again. And I said that if Baker Mayfield comes in and tries to play the same way, it's not going to work. Because Tyrod Taylor is a much better athlete than Baker Mayfield. If if Tyrod Taylor can't run away from the Jets, Baker Mayfield definitely can't. And that's not what Baker Mayfield did. Baker Mayfield got rid of the ball quickly. That's how you stop a pass rush. If you're getting hit repeatedly, if you can't, if you're getting sacked over and over again, get rid of the ball faster. That is what Baker Mayfield did. It worked incredibly effectively. That's why Baker Mayfield was successful. He made the right reads. Yes, he did all the right things. But 
he got rid of the ball after two and a half seconds, after two seconds, after one and a half seconds, bang, bang, ball, did not hold on to the ball late into the down. And that is why Baker Mayfield was so much more successful than Tyrod Taylor last night. And it was, God, duh. I loved it. I, lo- I really did. I, I think people have a misunderstanding about me. I've been critical of Baker Mayfield. I've said things, you know, I don't, I've at times said, ah, I don't know if it's going to work out because I, I legitimately don't. But I've never rooted against Baker Mayfield. I've always hoped he would do well. And when he did well last night, overjoyed. Now, context matters. The situation matters in this, in, in this scenario. Baker Mayfield came into the game down 14 to nothing. And his first drive was within two minutes. His first drive in the NFL was a two-minute drill. Baker Mayfield came into the game with a minute and 42 seconds left, down 14 to nothing to the Jets. That is not an ideal situation. That is not. If I said Baker Mayfield's first drive is down 14 points, two minutes to go before halftime, I would go, ooh, that's a horrible situation. It didn't matter to Baker Mayfield. He wasn't phased. He did a good job. Baker Mayfield also did not just come from behind and win the game. That's one thing. But he also did it against Sam Darnold and the New York Jets. And that's even cooler. That's why the Hollywood movie comes in. It's like, are you kidding me? Of course that happened that way. You know, many people, myself included, I'm guilty of this. Many people said the Jets got the better quarterback. People said that Browns made a mistake by drafting Baker Mayfield rather than Sam Darnold. I've said that over and over again. It still might be true. We don't know. We're only one game in, but man, I'll own it. Last night made me look bad, and I don't, I don't mind. I make mistakes. Baker Mayfield's clearly ready to go, and I could not be more excited for him or the Browns. I mean, the Browns fans deserve it. It was so cool. But I will admit, man, Baker Mayfield looked way better than Sam Darnold last night. I make predictions, but I always hope for people to be successful. Now, there's going to be a question that will always be asked about Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Their entire career, over over the whole entire length of Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold's career, they will be compared. Doesn't matter. It's just what's going to happen because Baker Mayfield went number one. Sam Darnold went number two. The question's always going to be asked. Did the Browns screw up when they drafted Baker Mayfield? Or were they geniuses? Did they do the right thing? Because most NFL teams had Sam Darnold ranked higher than Baker Mayfield. And if they went against the grain and succeeded, that's an even bigger win for the Browns. An even bigger win for John Dorsey. You know who won last night? It wasn't just the Browns. It was John Dorsey, the general manager, who drafted Baker Mayfield. He looks like a genius. That he drafted Patrick Mahomes last year. Baker Mayfield this year. Both of them looked incredibly good so far at this point of the year. Now, Baker Mayfield was incredibly efficient last night. He was 17 for 23 passing. 201 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but led a couple scoring drives and brought the Browns back to victory. Even more incredible is he should have been 20 for 23 because he had three drops. Sam Darnold got outclassed last night. Sam Darnold was 15 for 31, no touchdowns, 169 yards passing, and then two interceptions at the end of the game. Far and away, Baker Mayfield easily looked like the better player last night. Now, I'm really curious, when the careers are over, when you, look, when you take a step back and you look at Baker Mayfield's career and Sam Darnold's career, people are always going to talk about their accomplishments, their stats. They're going to compare them and say, who had a better career? Which one of them should have been the number one overall pick? 
And if they're both successful, I don't think it matters. Because you can, you can come down to the finest minutia, but eh, like, eh. But what if Baker Mayfield wins two Super Bowls and Sam Darnold wins one, but Sam Darnold has better stats? Like, does it really matter at the end of the day? How do you come, like, ah, like it can to some people. People will make that argument. Um, but I would even argue it's not really fair to judge. What you can judge is who's ready now. Sam Darnold does not appear to be as ready and as prepared as Baker Mayfield. You can argue Baker Mayfield looks more prepared to be a starter right now. But 15 years from now, we're going to look back and wonder who had the harder road. Without a shadow of a doubt, undoubtedly, Baker Mayfield has a harder hill to climb in front of him. Baker Mayfield has the odds stacked against him even more than before. He already did when he walked on twice. He did in high school. He did in college. And then he went to the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, the historically worst NFL franchise in history. Awful. There's, I saw a Jersey guy last night. Jersey guy for the Browns has like 21 names of all the Browns starting quarterbacks in the last 20 years or whatever. Baker Mayfield better be added to that list, but Baker Mayfield went into an incredibly dysfunctional situation. So if, if he succeeds 20 years from now and we look back on his career, if he's successful, if he turns around the Cleveland Browns, it's incredible. I mean, remember, Baker Mayfield's dealing with an owner, Jimmy Haslam, who routinely gets involved with football. And, and, and owners shouldn't do that. Jimmy Haslam needs to leave football to the football people, and it doesn't seem like he does that. And so Baker Mayfield has the odds stacked against him. That's why even if Baker Mayfield is not as successful career-wise as Sam Darnold, if he has a great career, turns around the Browns, does it matter? It, it doesn't. Like we're gonna, I, I guarantee 20 years from now, if I'm still talking about sports, people are going to look back and compare Sam and compare Baker Mayfield. It's not a fair comparison. Baker Mayfield went to a far worse organization. Sam Darnold's with a great organization, has a good owner that leaves football, the football people, has a great head coach, Todd Bowles, who's proven to be a good head coach at this point. Baker Mayfield went to a team that had was 1-31 in the last two years. It's even more impressive as Baker Mayfield can turn this around. Never forget Carson Palmer's legacy has been tarnished because he was a member of the Cincinnati Bengals for years. The bad organization hurt Carson Palmer's legacy. You can argue the same thing with Philip Rivers. Like Eli Manning has got the opposite effect. Eli Manning is elevated because he's been a member of the Giants for years. I don't know. I'm really curious. I, I, it doesn't matter right now. It's 20 years from now. But I guarantee you, I'm going to look back. I, you know what I'll do 20 years from now? If I'm still talking about sports, I will pull up this video. And I'll look back on how, how, how do we remember this? Because don't forget, Baker Mayfield went to the much harder organization to win. It'd be so cool. I'll say this. I have no problem with being wrong. I don't, I don't mind being wrong at all. I am rooting for Baker Mayfield. I hope he's successful. I, I was watching the post-game press conference last night after the game, and I just was wondering, how could anybody not like Baker Mayfield? I, I want to rephrase it. How could anybody hate Baker Mayfield? I could understand if, you know, his, his kind of arrogance, his the crotch grab, the excitement, if his passion turns you off, I, I could understand not being a giant fan of Baker Mayfield. But what I don't understand is how you could hate Baker Mayfield. I get not liking him, I get being concerned, not loving him, but hate? How can you hate that guy? I don't, I don't get it. Have you ever listened to him talk? Baker Mayfield is, I mean, he says the right thing. He's got humility, he's got great leadership. And he seems like a genuine good guy. 
I just, I don't know how you could hate Baker Mayfield. I get if you don't like him, if you don't love him, but how can you hate Baker Mayfield? How could you root against Baker Mayfield? How could you honestly, how can people hate Cleveland? It's like, I, I don't know, man. If, if, a, if there's a kid who he's never succeeded in his life and you just kick him while he's down, you hate that organization. That's weird to me. I think everybody watching football kind of wants Cleveland to turn it around. They're the little engine that could. Maybe the Steelers don't, the Ravens, the Bengals, people in that division. But as a sports fan, I, I really hope the Browns can turn it around. Here's what I love about Baker Mayfield. There's a fine line between cocky and confidence. And Baker Mayfield, without a doubt, does walk that line very finely. But I have no issue with a guy who believes in himself. He clearly has a ton of confidence. Watch how he plays football. He has absolute faith in himself. I was critical last week of a tweet Baker Mayfield sent. And, and my logic was that, you know, Baker Mayfield clapped back at a guy who was critical of him, said, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. Lincoln Riley's the best coach. And this guy's really talented. What's interesting is my logic was, well, Tom Brady wouldn't send that tweet. And Drew Brees would not defend himself. Drew Brees would not send that tweet. And my logic was, I'm going to hold Baker Mayfield to the same standard I would Drew Brees or Tom Brady. I want to read a comment um, because I, 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 I want to read a comment I made on that, that uh, was made on that video I talked, where I talked about Baker Mayfield. Here's the comment. It's by Park the Vanilla Man. Park the Vanilla Man wrote this. I think we're getting to the point where we're all turning into the definition of insanity. We are trying to believe that Baker will change, but he won't. He was born outspoken and earned everything he's fought for. And this is coming from a Browns fan. Apparently, Park is a Browns fan. He says, I don't even know how Baker's going to turn out, but he will defend every action he makes or doesn't make that could harm him or anyone close around him. And what he's saying is that Baker Mayfield is absolutely himself. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Drew Brees. He's Baker Mayfield. And we should not hold Baker Mayfield to the same standard as everybody else because he's his own person. That's fair. And, and that's maybe where I should lighten up with Cam Newton or Baker Mayfield. Here's the thing. You have to be successful. If you're going to be outspoken, if you're going to be yourself and you're not going to conform, if you're going to do things differently than Tom Brady, you need to be incredibly successful. Does that make sense? The more Baker Mayfield succeeds, the more he can get away with being himself, being outspoken, being loud being extremely confident and voicing that opinion. If Baker Mayfield wins, he can do whatever he wants. And I, I would love, how much would you love? I would love this. If Baker Mayfield dominated the NFL, just was totally confident, said he's the best, I, I think that'd be fun. Because if he's right, if he's like, I'm the best, and it's an accurate statement, because who can say that? If Aaron Rodgers says, yeah, I'm the best quarterback in the NFL, would anyone argue? No. And if Baker Mayfield does the same thing, I like that. I was critical when Baker Mayfield made that tweet because I said he needs to prove it on the field. Well, last night, Baker Mayfield did prove it on the field. Baker Mayfield showed, hey, I'm a really good football player. You're critical of me. I'm not just a, a product of my system in Oklahoma. I'm a good quarterback. We'll see if he keeps it up. But right now, he spoke with his actions on the field, and I like that. My favorite movie characters growing up were Han Solo Jack Sparrow and Captain Kirk. And recently that has changed. My new favorite character is Hercule, Her, Hercule Perot. It's a hard name to say. I don't even know how to say his name right. Um, but he's the main character of a movie called 
Murder on the Orient Express. He's a weirdo. He's kind of like, I'm a weird guy. He's a weird guy. He owns it. But the truth is, that character knows exactly what he likes and exactly what he doesn't like. He doesn't care. He's himself. No matter what anyone says, no matter how it looks, that character in Murder on the Orient Express, the main character, the detective, says, I don't care. I am who I am. Take it or leave it. Baker Mayfield is the same way. I find that inspiring. I like that. I like when a guy is confident enough to say, this is who I am. I wear underwear and commercials. I talk on Twitter. I do this. I do that. Oh, and by the way, I'm really successful. As long as Baker Mayfield is successful, he can get away with doing whatever he wants. And I, I, I love that. I, I love that because when there's action behind it, do whatever you want. That's awesome to me. Now, after the game, the Cleveland Browns head coach, Hugh Jackson, said that he would not commit to Baker Mayfield as a starter. said, I need to look at the tape and figure out who my starting quarterback is moving forward. Uh, well, first of all, Baker Mayfield should be the starter for the Browns. But I think the reason why Hugh Jackson said this is because he wants to be respectful to Tyrod Taylor. Remember, Tyrod Taylor has been nothing but a professional. He's been a class act. He's done the right thing. He's been incredibly helpful to Baker Mayfield in his progress. I also think that Hugh Jackson wants to check with his bosses. What does John Dorsey, the general manager, say about starting Baker Mayfield? What does Jimmy Haslam think? It's not his call in the postgame press conference to make that decision. I wish it was, but I'm being honest. It's not Hugh Jackson's call. He's got two wins in three years as a head coach. It's up to John Dorsey and Jimmy Haslam, the owner. But, you know, my best friend's mom makes freezer jam, and this will make sense in a minute. When you open freezer jam, the way you make freezer jam is you put it in a sealed jar. It's sealed shut. And the minute you unscrew it, you open that freezer jam, you can't reseal it again. It's impossible. You got to eat it once you open it. You can put it in the fridge for a little while. It'll preserve itself in the freezer. But eventually it will go bad because you opened that seal. You cracked that seal. You can't ever reseal it again. Baker Mayfield does the same way. You have opened that can of worms. Baker Mayfield has already played. And not only played, Baker Mayfield has been really successful. You can't put him back on the bench. I'm sorry. (laughs) Reality, you can't do that. You can't do that to Browns fans. You can't do that to Baker Mayfield. How weird would that be? He's better than Tyrod Taylor in a game. And they're like, you know what? We're going to go back to Tyrod. You can go back to the bench. No, it hurts your locker room. It hurts Baker Mayfield. There's no benefit to going back to Tyrod Taylor. Now you have to play Baker Mayfield. I mean, give him the keys to the car. He's going to hit bumps on the road, but we now know clearly he can drive. Baker Mayfield is better than I expected him to be, actually. And uh, I would just let him drive the car. It's, It's worth noting, too, Tyrod Taylor missed a number of throws that I actually think Baker Mayfield would have successfully made. There was that long, deep ball over the top that Tyrod Taylor totally missed, Tyrod Taylor missed. And there was one play on the last drive that Tyrod Taylor played where he had a guy open over the middle. The announcer showed it to us in the game. He has a guy open in the middle. And instead of hanging in the pocket, throwing the ball as he's hit, he tried to scramble and run away, and it doesn't work. you got to step up in the pocket. you got to step into that throw, make the throw over the middle. You'll get nailed, but you can't shy away from pressure and try to run. And Tyrod Taylor kept holding onto the ball far too long, trying to run around, trying to make plays with his legs. Instead of hanging in the pocket and delivering the football, Baker Mayfield said, I'm going to put my foot in the ground and throw the ball. And that's what's so cool is I remember in college, the biggest concern with Baker Mayfield was he was running around a lot. And it worked in college against inferior athletes. Well, we saw Baker Mayfield against Georgia in the Rose Bowl. 
against really good top-level SEC athletes. And Baker Mayfield could not improvise as much. He was not able to run around. And the question was, well, Baker Mayfield's style of play, that fast and loose running around gunslinger play, doesn't work as well against really good athletes because he's not a great athlete. He's good. He's solid. And what Baker Mayfield did is showed he can win from the pocket. That's paramount. That's so important for Baker Mayfield. So again, I know this whole episode is dedicated to Baker Mayfield, but I just, oh. I mean, Baker Mayfield might have saved Hugh Jackson's job. You cannot understate how good he did. He had 23 pass plays called. We'll, we'll assume he got all the handoffs right. Every play Baker Mayfield was in the game, he did the right thing. Unheard of. Nobody does that. Tom Brady doesn't even do that. He does more than most, but for rookie quarterback Baker Mayfield in his NFL debut to be basically perfect decision-making-wise, unbelievable. Had three drops, too. Should have been 20 for 23. He looked poised. Baker Mayfield was just having a good time. It looked easy for him. And I, I am so, so happy for the city of Cleveland. Look, I, this moment might go away. Maybe Baker struggles the rest of the year. I don't know. I hope not. I'm rooting for the Browns. I'm rooting for Baker. Um, but it looks like he's their guy. I might be wrong. But, I mean, last night filled me with hope. If you're a Browns fan, you have hope right now. And that's because of Baker Mayfield. And that's so cool. He, he looked like their franchise quarterback last night. I, I hope he is. They're only one game in. It's too early to really know. But, oh, oh man. I, I, really, I really hope it works out. That'd be so cool. To watch the Browns get turned around. To finally have their quarterback. Because how many years has it been? My entire, I'm 21 years old. My entire life, it's not worked out. So I, I really, really hope that it works out for Baker Mayfield. That'd be so fantastic. How about Sam Darnold? If you're Sam Darnold today, what do you do? How do you, how do you move forward? Because Baker Mayfield showed up, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold got shown up by Baker Mayfield. He, he lost head-to-head. Sam Darnold was not as good as Baker Mayfield. And Sam Darnold had two drives at the end of the game where he had a chance to tie the game up, take the lead, win the game. And Baker Mayfield, in two consecutive drives, was unable to deliver for the Jets. He was unable to drive the Jets down the field. In fact, he threw two interceptions. Baker May- Sam Darnold had opportunities. Sam Darnold, the Jets quarterback, had opportunities last night at the end of the game, and he did not deliver. Here's my opinion. Sam's going to be fine. Sam Darnold's going to be okay. I told you all along, Sam Darnold was going to have ugly moments. I compared him to growing a beard. I don't have any facial hair right now. It would take me two months to grow a beard, and the time between not having a beard and having a fully developed beard is going to be ugly. And I said, Sam Darnold's going to have, he's in the ugly growth period. He has a bunch of peach fuzz, and some of it's patchy and weird, and that's where Sam Darnold is right now. He's got three touchdowns, three interceptions on the year. He's going to struggle. I don't know if, I, I might have got a stats wrong. I, I'm thinking Jimmy Garoppolo, actually. I apologize. Jimmy Garoppolo has three touchdowns, three interceptions. But the truth is, Sam Darnold, he's going to struggle. He's going to have ugly moments like he has all year. But Sam's going to be okay. Now, here's what I want you to remember. So Baker Mayfield right now appears to be more prepared. Baker looks more NFL ready right now than Sam Darnold does. Well, remember, Baker Mayfield was a fifth-year senior in college. In comparison, Sam Darnold was a redshirt sophomore. Baker Mayfield was in college for five years. Sam Darnold was in college for three. 
And Sam Darnold only started for two seasons. Baker Mayfield's 23 years old. In comparison, Sam Darnold just turned 21 in August. So I think we need to relax. We'll see where Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold, the Jets quarterback, we'll see where Sam Darnold is when he's 23. When he's the same age as Baker Mayfield, I think he might be ahead of where Baker is right now. And so, you know, compare all you want. Um, I, I think it's pretty clear that Baker looks more prepared than Sam. He played better, delivered in the moment. Baker Mayfield won last night, but it's not over for Sam Darnold. Not by a long shot. We're, we're three games into Sam Darnold's career. How about after 50, we can really reevaluate? Same goes for Baker, too. I mean, look, his, his game was awesome. Incredibly hopeful. Incredibly ins- just it made me feel good. Made me happy. That moment for Cleveland getting a win was cool, but we got to relax. I mean, it's early. It's still one game in for Baker Mayfield. We got to see a whole year, maybe two, before we really know what Baker Mayfield is. Uh, you know, I saw a story this week that said that Josh Rosen, it was Steve Keim, the general manager for the Cardinals, talking about Josh Rosen. Because now every quarterback drafted in the first round, aside from Josh Rosen, has played. Lamar Jackson has played in games. Sam Darnold has started three games. Josh Allen has started a game. Baker Mayfield came in and did really well. Josh Rosen, the Arizona Cardinals quarterback, is the lone quarterback who has not played yet this year. And Steve Kime, the Cardinals general manager, came out and said, look, we're not in any hurry. We're going to play Josh Rosen when the time is right. Right now, the time is not right. And I, I commend them for that. Don't rush it out. Wait till he's ready. Until he's ready, there's no reason to. So I, I like that approach completely. I think it's the right way to go. Um, there's no rush for the Cardinals to play Josh Rosen. They have Sam Bradford. They're not a good roster. They're not a good pieces around him. Why put in Sam, Josh Rosen, get him destroyed, beat up for no reason? Let Sam Bradford take those hits as long as he can until he gets hurt. I like that. Don't play Josh Rosen until the time is right. Until he's ready and until the team is ready for him to play. The roster's not great. He's probably not as where he could be. No pressure, no rush. Don't react to everybody around you. I, I said, you know, on my podcast last episode, don't make decisions because of emotion. The Cardinals can't look around the league and go, oh, well, these four quarterbacks are playing. We better, oh, no, we better play our guy. No, no, no. If he's ready, play him. If he's not, don't. You'll know when the time is right. The Cardinals will. And I like that they're waiting for their time to be right. They're waiting for the right moment. That's awesome. There was a a moment in the... There was a moment in the Browns-Jets game where Baker Mayfield fumbled before halftime. And there was a lot of questions. I got a lot of questions about this on Instagram. People were replying, what was that? Was that a penalty? What happened? Because what happened was Baker Mayfield fumbled. One of the Browns' offensive linemen picked it up and ran for a bunch of yards. I think got the first down. And it was called back. And many people were texting me, asking me, what the heck was that? It's pretty simple. Within two minutes of the end of a game, two minutes before half or two minutes at the end of a game, you can't advance a fumble. And the reason for this is because what you don't want is a guy to roll the ball ahead like 40 yards into the end zone and have another guy pick it up, run for a touchdown. Like, you, don't, you don't want that because then it would get really ugly. You'd have a lot of like intentional fumbles at the end of a game. So the rule works like this. You, if I drop the football, if I drop the ball and fumble, I can pick it up again and run for more yards. Now, if I drop the ball and my teammate comes and picks it up, the ball is down. He can't pick it up and run because he, my teammate can't advance my fumble. Only I can advance my fumble. If I drop the ball, I can pick it up and get a run. My buddy Jared can't pick it up and run for more yards. 
Now the defense can pick it up, do whatever they want. But that's, I wanted to explain that rule because I did get that question about six or seven times on Instagram. Uh, people texted me going, what was that? I don't understand that. And that's, that's the rule. Within two minutes left, you can't advance a fumble unless you're the person who fumbled the ball. Okay, we have a couple things left. Um, remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube as well as my best most interesting clips. If you like strong opinion sports as much as I do, help me grow by telling your friends about the show. If you want this show live on Twitch, if you want me to have cooler guests, share this with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. Help me grow by telling your friends about the show. Drink some water. I'm watching this USC Washington State game in the corner. Oh, it's fantastic. It, you know, I hope, go watch, at the very least, you, this is too late now. Go watch the highlights. This game's fantastic. I want to talk about the two most interesting games in the NFL this week. I, every, every week I talk about the two most interesting games in football. I call them snake charmer games. These are not the, the best matchups. Like the Raiders-Chargers, that's a great matchup. These are two games that I think are just fascinating. They're interesting. They're snake charmer games. They have me mesmerized, and I cannot wait to see what happens. I'm going to be glued to my television when these two games happen. The first one is this. I think the Raiders at the Dolphins is an incredibly Incredibly interesting game. I can't wait to watch it. I, I believe the Dolphins are a playoff team. I'm a big believer in the Dolphins. I love their defense. The Dolphins lead the NFL in interceptions. They have five. They're tied for first. And I think the Raiders are somewhat of a mediocre team. The Raiders have had a lot of struggles. And if the Dolphins really are a playoff team, this is a game they need to win. A playoff team beats the Raiders, who are mediocre. They're like maybe the 17th, 20th best team in the NFL. If the Dolphins are a top 12 team in the NFL that are going to make the playoffs, they must beat the Raiders. Now, Derek Carr is kind of gun-shy. Derek Carr, the Raiders quarterback, got hurt a couple times in the last couple of years. Hurt his back last year really bad. It's hard to play with a hurt back. And I think he's afraid of pressure. I think he's struggling when he feels, he hears footsteps in his head and he's throwing the ball a little too early. He looks a little timid in the pocket. That's a storyline to watch if you're watching the Raiders and the Dolphins. Now, the other one is this. you got to watch Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is the Dolphins quarterback. He has shown massive, massive improvement this year. He's making incredibly good decisions. He's not flashy. He's not amazing. But watch his decision-making. And here's what you want to watch the Dolphins to do. Do the Dolphins settle for field goals or do they score touchdowns? Because if they score touchdowns in the red zone rather than kicking field goals, that's a big, big statement by the Dolphins. It all depends on their quarterback. Because the Dolphins have a good coach, a good defense, a good offensive line, good enough offensive line. I think their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, is taking a step forward. And I'm really excited to watch the Raiders and the Dolphins. The other game I'm completely mesmerized by. This is the other most interesting game of the week. The 49ers and the Chiefs. This could be a blowout. It really could be. The Chiefs could destroy the 49ers. But I'm interested in the quarterbacks. I'm really curious about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes leads the NFL in touchdowns. He has 10 touchdowns this year so far. I'm curious if he keeps it up. Remember, the 49ers are now going to have two weeks of film on Patrick Mahomes. And they're going to know what he's going to do. They're going to know what to expect from him. Are they going to make adjustments? Is Patrick Mahomes going to slow down statistically or does he keep it going? 
But the most interesting story of this game to me is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is the 49ers quarterback. He signed a giant contract, $137.5 million this offseason. Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers quarterback, is off to a really slow start. He's got three touchdowns, three interceptions. He's only thrown for a 55% completion percentage. And here's the thing. He's holding on to the ball far too long. He's going through his reads, and then he's just... He's holding the ball for five, six seconds, taking a lot of sacks. You can't do that. So I'm really curious to see how Jimmy Garoppolo progresses this week. Does he get better? Now, another thing you got to watch for is that the Chiefs and the 49ers both have incredibly creative play calling. It's, it's really interesting. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a high-scoring game, I believe. I hope so. I'm rooting for that. And so I, I can't wait to watch the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. It's going to be a great game. Remember, the two most interesting games of the week this week. They're not the best games. They're interesting. The Raiders and the Dolphins and the 49ers and the Chiefs. I can't wait to watch either one of those games. I'm watching this USC-Washington State game. And what I want you to remember is that last week against Texas, USC ran for negative five yards for the entire game. USC's entire game, they ran for negative five yards against the University of Texas last week. Unacceptable. You can't have a team like USC who has really, really great national recruits. You can't have that roster not running the ball for lots of yards. That means you're getting dominated up front physically. And here's what I want to talk about. I don't have a lot of, I don't have an eloquent way to put this, but it's not working in Seattle for Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is the Seattle Seahawks head coach, and it appears like they're just imploding. They're falling apart. And at the same time, you could make a great argument that USC's head coach, Helton, is not working. He's not doing a good enough job. I think USC needs to rehire Pete Carroll. I, I wish I had a better, more eloquent way to say that. But that's plain and simple. I think Pete Carroll's time in Seattle is coming to an end. I think USC's coaching is not good enough. I'd keep the quarterback coach. I like him a lot. I just don't think he's ready to be a head coach yet. I wouldn't promote the quarterback coach at USC to head coach yet. Bring back Pete Carroll. How cool of a moment would that be? That'd be like John Gruden going back to the Raiders. It really would. And Pete Carroll would dominate at USC. I would love that. It'd be fun. I, I hope that happens. That'd be cool. I'm just talking out of my butt right now, but I hope that happens. Pete Carroll back to USC would be an incredible storyline. And I think it's, it's actually entirely possible because both sides of that are going to... The Seahawks are struggling. USC's underachieving. Bring back Pete Carroll to USC. That'd be a lot of fun. Okay, these are now, I have a bunch of weird little stories I don't have enough to do full segments on. This is, a lot, this is the end of the show now. A couple things I want to say, though. Because I, 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 really, I need the weekend to really think about some stuff. I got destroyed by school this week. It was miserable. It was hard. A bunch of setbacks. But there are some things I want to share real quick. Jimmy Garoppolo demanded, sorry, <laughs> Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is the, he's a, a player for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He demanded a trade. And I really, I want to do more research before I give you a full opinion on this. But my initial reaction is, what in the world are you thinking? Minnesota's a good place. I mean, he's got some stars, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns. I, I don't know why Jimmy Butler wants out of Minnesota. Um, I, I don't know if there's something wrong with Minnesota. Is he, a, I, I don't know what's going on there. I want to do research and figure it out for myself. But that's a weird story that popped up this week that you can expect next Monday. Because I want to talk about that. I don't understand what's going on with Jimmy Butler. Another interesting thing I want to do next week, I'm going to compare Nebraska and Alabama. There's a really interesting storyline where you can compare Nebraska and Alabama. And I'm going to, I don't want to give that away. It's just really cool. I'm excited for that. 
Now, this weekend, if you love college quarterbacks, I want you to watch Oregon play Stanford. Justin Herbert is this really, really hyped-up quarterback in college football. I don't really buy him. I'm not a big Justin Herbert guy. I could be proven wrong this weekend. I hope I am. I, I really hope Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. I've heard he's a great guy. I know friends that know him personally. Um, but right now, Justin Herbert looks inaccurate. He looks physically like he has a bunch of gifts, but he doesn't look like he's making great decisions or running. I mean, he's got a horrible completion percentage running a college offense. How do you do that? Like, not like a pro-style offense. Justin Herbert's running dink and dunk screen passes, weird under, underneath stuff, bubble screens. He has a bad completion percentage at Oregon. That's weird to me. So Justin Herbert, the 20th team in the nation with or- the Oregon Ducks, host Stanford, the number seven Cardinal. Uh, the number seven team in the nation versus the number 20 team in the nation. I'm so curious to see how Justin Herbert does against Stanford. I don't know. I think, I think Oregon's extremely overrated. They struggled against San Jose State. And San Jose State was annihilated by Washington State the week before. Washington State, who's an average team in the Pac-12, held San Jose State to 109 yards of total offense. Meanwhile, the Ducks barely beat San Jose State. It's weird to me. I think the Ducks are completely overrated. They have bad wide receivers, a lot of drops, a lot of weird inconsistencies. They don't have good linemen. I think Stanford could roll Oregon. And I don't expect Justin Herbert to win against Stanford, but I do want him to show good decision-making and... I'd love to see it if he could overcome his drops. That'd be really interesting to me. I don't know that he can, but Justin Herbert has a chance to make a statement against Stanford this week. If Justin Herbert and the Ducks beat Stanford and Justin Herbert plays flawlessly with a lot of poise, really accurate, makes great decisions, I, I will be willing to change my opinion of Justin Herbert. But to this point, people are talking about him like a number one overall pick, a Heisman Trophy winner, and I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't see it. I really don't. Part of that's because of the help around him. But he also does lack accuracy at times. And I go, is he really? I think that Steven Montez, the Colorado quarterback, is actually a better NFL prospect than even Justin Herbert. So I don't know. The other thing, if you love college quarterbacks, this week, the Missouri Tigers with Drew Locke, who might be the best quarterback in college football, host Georgia, number two Georgia. Drew Locke is going to get annihilated. Missouri does not have a chance against Georgia. The roster for Georgia is so much better. Missouri barely beat Purdue last week. But what I will say is I'm curious to see how does Drew Locke handle getting hit the entire game? How does he handle going from... Because he, he often throws to his first read or his second read. He rarely goes from one side of the field all the way back to the other side of the field, going to his third and fourth read in the progression. I'm curious to see how Drew Locke does against Georgia. He's outmatched. He's going to lose. But how does he lose? Does he lose with grace? Does he show poise? Does he show good decision-making? Or does Drew Locke get hit a bunch and completely fall apart? I'm really curious to watch how Drew Locke does this weekend against Georgia. Two more things I want to say. If you like college quarterbacks, I don't talk about Washington State football at all. I go to Washington State University. I'm gun shy. I've been critical of them in the past, and it got me hate on campus. I don't want to talk about a school where I I don't want to have trouble in my classes where people are talking, harassing me for something I said online. I just I'd rather not talk about Washington State football. But Washington State's quarterback, Gardner Minshew, is playing really, really good football. He's going through his reads at an incredible rate. He looks like Will Greer. So Will Greer, the West Virginia quarterback, probably reads defenses better than any other quarterback in all of college football. I think Gardner Minshew is second to him. Gardner Minshew is going through his progression, not just throwing to his first read, his second read. He'll get from one side of the field all the way to his fourth and then fifth read to check down. He is seeing the field better than maybe anybody in college football. 
do not forget Gardner Minshew. He's going to be a coach someday. I don't know that he's an NFL quarterback. But the level he's playing right now, he does actually look like a guy who could make a roster. He's got a better arm than Joe Burrow. I think he's more accurate than Jake Brown and the quarterback at UW. Um, don't sleep on Gardner Minshew. I'm watching him right now on TV. He looks fantastic. He identifies pressure throws where the blitz is coming from. He can read the field all the way across. He looks really, really good right now against USC. And I think Gardner Minshew, because he's not a household name, because he's a graduate transfer, because he comes from Coastal Carolina, he's not a big-time name. But Gardner Minshew, wow. He can really read a defense. He's underrated, I think, in college football. Last story I want to talk about is that Conor McGregor signed a six-fight deal with the UFC. This is only notable because I'm going to say that I told you so. I remember when Conor McGregor got in trouble last, uh, whenever it was, he had that giant weird moment in, US, in New York City where he attacked a bus. And everybody said, this is the end of Conor McGregor's career. Ah! Go back and watch my video. I said, he's going to be fine. This is boxing. This is fighting. This is how the UFC works. This is how mixed martial arts works. It's all about promotion. It's all about trumping up the issue, about drama, about hype. All that moment for Conor McGregor did when he attacked a bus, got in trouble with the law, all that did was add to his value in the UFC. Right, wrong, or indifferent. I compared him to Logan Paul because the more outrageous stuff he does, the more money he makes, the more people pay attention to him, the more fights he's going to get. Some people said that Conor McGregor was never going to fight again in the UFC. I said, you are so wrong. He is worth more money now because he attacked a bus. I don't like that. That's a dirty side of fighting that I don't appreciate. Is that the worse you do, the worse of a human being you are outside of the ring, the more you talk smack, the more you're outrageous, the more you're mean, the more you're an awful person, the more people pay attention to you. But it's just fact. That's how fighting works. The louder you are, the more people pay attention to you. Who gets help from a customer service desk? Usually it's the person who makes the biggest stink. That's who gets the attention. The loudest person gets the attention. That's Conor McGregor. So people who said Conor McGregor was never going to fight again in the UFC were totally wrong. Signed a six-year deal. Told you. I told you. That's how fighting works. The louder, the more outrageous you are, the more successful you are. I don't like it, but that's the formula. If you are a wannabe fighter, you don't. You got to win. You got to back it up. But be loud, be mean, say awful stuff. The more outspoken you are and the more you back that up, the better your career will go. I don't like that. I'm not necessarily encouraging that, but if you want to make money, that's what you should do. All right, guys, that is the entire show I have. I really appreciate you guys. We made it to 47 minutes for a guy that had, I had Baker Mayfield as a topic to talk about. And then like literally five notes after that. <laughs> I can't believe it. We almost made it to an hour. Heck yeah. I'm so happy. I almost said that. I almost said a customer don't want you to do that on here because iTunes wants to make sure that you are not explicit. So I'm very careful to bleep out certain words. Um, but remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube as well as my best, most interesting clips. If you like Strong Opinion Sports as much as I do, help me grow by telling your friends about the show. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. If you want me to have cool guests, if you want me to stream on Twitch someday, I can do all that stuff if we grow. If the numbers go up, if I can do this as my full-time job, we're going to do some cool stuff. And so help me grow by telling your friends about the show. And lastly, I want to say thank you so much, everybody who listens. I, uh, 
you guys send me so many messages. My phone blows up constantly. Um, and it, it just, it means the world to me. I, I really, I'm a guy, I struggle with depression often. I'm very honest about it and very open. And the positive comments, the people who are encouraging to me, I got a comment last week that said ESPN or Fox Sports needs to hire you immediately. I just, it made my day. Because I, I do, I struggle often emotionally. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not going to hide it. Like, I'm, I'm not a perfect person. I have issues. I have struggles. My brother killed himself. Like, I'm not happy all the time. I don't fake it. Um, and you guys, that when you're nice to me, it, it really does mean a lot to me. I try to read the comments. I try to read all the nice comments. And so I just want to say thank you so much for paying attention, for watching, for pushing me. Sometimes you guys disagree with me. There's nothing I respect more than a person who disagrees with some of the things I say, yet still watches my show. Because all I want to do is be authentic, say what I really believe, and try to hope you find it interesting. And so the fact that you guys watch, it just, it means so much to me. I really appreciate you guys. And that's, that's all I want to say. Hope you guys have a great weekend. I can't wait to do the show on Monday. I'm, I'm going to be writing all weekend. Uh, Monday is going to be a great show. I can't wait. I'm going to have a ton of stuff prepared. I, I got this list. I'll revisit a lot of stuff I said at the end of the show. But I just want to say thank you so much. Love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I hope you guys have a great weekend. But um bum bam, we are done. Bye.